You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message. So, 2021. A lot of people really excited about 2021, right? Ready to put that last on the bed. Ready to kill it. (laughs) Do it in. You know, just bury it, whatever. Ready for 2020 to be over and for 2021 to be here. And you know what the difference is in 2020 and 2021? I mean, if you think about it, it all changed when, you you know, when that ball dropped, right? You know, one tick of the clock is the difference between 2020 and 2021, right? Just, that's all the difference that there is. One tick of the clock. You know, you didn't wake up January 1st, 2021, uh, or, or if you did stay up until the stroke of midnight, you didn't all of a sudden look in, look into the mirror and, uh, and you had dropped those extra 15 or 20 pounds that you're hoping to drop this year, right? It didn't happen that way, did it? You didn't, you didn't automatically, maybe, uh, you, maybe some of you did, did get that email from uh, your boss that you're getting that raise that you wanted, you know, that it just happened in the, in the tick of a clock. I mean, the tick of a clock is not going to bring about the change that we so desperately need. What you and I need, what our community needs, what our, our, our families need, what our marriages need, what our nation needs right now, what our world needs right now, is not going to happen just because the clock ticked over one more second. I mean, the biggest thing that changed when, that clock, when, when the clock ticked over that one extra second, the biggest thing that changed, really, come on, let's be truthful. The biggest thing that changed is you now write 21 on your checks and your legal documents that you signed. That's really all that changed with that one tick of the clock. That's, that, that's all that changed. Nothing else really changed by that, okay? Uh, so 2021, I mean, I, I don't want to be a bummer right here, but I want to tell you, 2021, it is, it is a time of new opportunity, but it is not a guarantee. You know, there is no guarantee that things are going to be different in 2021. Because, I mean, you know, we, we could say this is the year that we do away with insanity. Y'all remember that definition of insanity? I mean, if you go to church, you hear it <laughs> a lot. We, we like to throw that one out there. Doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. You know, so maybe 2021 needs to be the year that we do away with the insanity, that we kill the insanity, that we drop the insanity of trying the same old things over and over and over. So see, 2021 has not changed anything for us. It's just a new opportunity. And in the Bible, we see, let me give you a bunch of examples. In the Bible, we see lots of opportunity, opportunity for miracles. You know, when I was building this sermon, uh, I, I, I first put up here miracles in the Bible, and then I thought, no, that's not what these are. These aren't miracles. These are the opportunities for miracles in the Bible. And all through the Bible, we see opportunities. People had opportunities for miracles, and some people took advantage of the opportunities, and some people didn't. Guess who got the miracle? Guess who got the blessing? Guess who got the answer? Guess who God showed up for? Those that listened and saw the opportunity and, and, and took it and grasped it and, and did what was there right in front of them. Okay, so, so let me show you some of these uh, miracle opportunities in the Bible. And uh, three of the Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and, and uh, 
they, they all three tell this story. Now, what we have in the New Testament is we have three of, or four, actually four of uh, Jesus' followers, disciples, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, who tell the story of Christ's life and all the things that he did. Well, Matthew, Mark, and Luke tell this story all together, even though some of them pick and choose. They all tell this story. And John tells one very similar. And, and, it's, and it's about a man that can't walk. And so he's on this, he's on this bed. Every, every day he just, he's just laying there, waiting, waiting for somebody to, to give him an offering or, you know, waiting for someone, you know, could have today, you'd probably have a homeless sign or something like that, you know, for somebody to give him some money. And you know what Jesus did? You know, Jesus didn't walk up and reach over and touch him and say, you're healed. Jesus said, rise, take up your bed and go home. Walk home. He didn't say you're healed. If you go and read it, and, and when you go to the sermon notes, you can find all the scriptures that are there and click on it and see. He didn't say, read it. He didn't say you're healed. Now get up. He said, get up and start walking. You know, I, I got a friend that this has probably been 25 years ago. He needed a vent one day because he was struggling uh, raising his teenage son. Uh, I don't know if anybody here can relate to that or not, but he was struggling, and he said, you know, my son is so lazy that if I walked into the house and found him laying on the couch right now and said, I got $20 for you, he would say, how about rolling me over and stick it in my pocket, Dad? You know, and he, and, and he was frustrated with that, but I can tell you that his son did grow up to make something of himself, so thank God for that, right? But you know what? I think that's the way we do God, don't we? Is we kind of think, okay, he makes us these promises, and we're just kind of like, God, roll me over and stick that one in my pocket. We expect God to show up with a promise for $20. We expect God to roll us over, to move us in whichever direction we're supposed to move, and for him to just stick it inside of us. But that's just not the way it works. He gives us the opportunity for a miracle. Like in John chapter 9, verse 7. When a blind man came to Jesus and, and Jesus put some mud on his, on his face, he covered his eyes with mud. Okay, now, what does that sound like? That sounds like, Jesus, you just got me further away from seeing. I couldn't see yet. Now you put mud on my eyes. I am further away from seeing than I was before. And Jesus said, go wash in the pool. It's called Siloam. And, and when he went and washed, he came seeing. He washed it away. He went, Jesus didn't touch him and say, now you can see. He said, go wash. Here's your opportunity to be healed. And, and one similar to that, I kind of think it's similar. Second Kings chapter five. Naaman was a man with with leprosy, a skin disease, and uh, he was expecting the prophet Elisha to come out and 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 some big incantation or big prayer or or take a a bottle of oil and pour over him and let it run down him and, and for Elisha to speak the word, fire come down out of heaven or something, and him be cleansed. But Elisha said, "Go to the Jordan River and dip for se dip seven times, and you'll be healed. Not five times, not six times, but seven times." He didn't get the, he got the opportunity for a miracle or Malachi chapter three, uh, where the, where the Israelites, they, they were struggling with a whole lot of things in their life. And one area they're struggling with is they were struggling financially. And you know what Jesus, what, what God said to them in Malachi chapter three, he, he said, he said, one of the problems that you're having is you're, you're, you're robbing from me. He says, bring all the, or the full tithe. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse so that I can pour out a blessing on you. And, and I, since that word is there, all or full, uh, based on the translation, since that word is there, it kind of makes me think, you know, people were kind of trying to do just a little bit, you know, and say, okay, I did my little part or whatever. And he says, no, let's partner in this. Here's your opportunity. Or John chapter 11, Lazarus, Jesus' good friend had passed away. 
And uh, Mary said, Mary Martha, they, they, they said, you know, if you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. And then when he, he said, let's roll the stone away. And they said, well, he's been dead four days. Surely he's stinking by now. Jesus said, roll the stone away. He didn't, empower, he didn't raise Lazarus from the dead and empower him with the ability to walk out on his own. But he said, here's your opportunity. Roll the stone away. Some of you are looking at situations in your life, situations in your family, situations in your home, and, and, and it's like there's a death that is there, and you don't know how to get, of it, get out of it. And Jesus just wants to say, here's your opportunity. Let me give you something you can do so that you can partner with me. Or uh, Matthew chapter 17, when uh, Simon Peter asked Jesus, hey, they're, they're, they're asking us about taxes. Are we going to pay taxes or not? So Jesus tells him a little something, but then he says, okay, but just so nobody's upset with us, Jesus doesn't say reach in your pocket and you're going to find a coin. No, he says, go fishing, go fishing. Now I know some of us would say, that's the kind, right, right, David? That's the kind of opportunity I want God to give me today, right? Send me, go fishing. All right, who's up? You know, uh, maybe not this morning. We might have to break the ice to actually get some, get some, uh, get some, some bait down inside the water. But he said, go fishing. And Jesus met the need. He performed the miracle when he took, when Simon Peter took advantage of the opportunity. And, and in this last one, John 8, this is where a woman was uh, caught in the act of adultery and uh, the religious people today, they wanted to stone her. They wanted to stone her to death, throw stones at her, beat her with the stones until she died. And Jesus, and Jesus told her, he, he ran everybody off, he did it in such a cool way. If you don't know the story, go to the page. You need to read. These stories are awesome stories. He runs everybody off. He says, who condemns you? She says, nobody condemns me. He says, I don't condemn you either. He's basically saying, I'm forgiving you now. You're forgiven. I'm not condemning you. But then he says, go and sin no more. Now, what does he mean by that? Now, there's another time. It's actually there, Matthew 9, 6, Mark 2, 11. It's actually right there also. Is that when Jesus heals that man, he also says this to that man later when he sees him. He says, go and sin no more. And then he adds this to that man. He said, lest a worse thing comes on you. So here, here's what Jesus is saying. Salvation's free. I'll give, you, I'll give you the grace, the mercy. I'll forgive you of all of your sins. Salvation is free. But don't go out there and just keep sinning and doing your own thing because if you do, there are worse things that can come on you than not being able to walk. There are worse things that can come on you than, than being caught in adultery, as he was saying to this woman here. I'm giving you forgiveness, but now you've got to do something. He's saying to us that there are consequences to our actions. You know what that, I, I know we hear that, what do we think? We think spankings, right? We, we, we think, uh, you know, being punished in some way at school. We think, you know, uh, groundings and those, there are consequences to our actions. Well, you know, those are normally kid, maybe teenage uh, uh, that, that, uh, things that we receive, recompense, reward for the things we did when we were, we were those ages. But there are also adult consequences for adult actions. He says, go and sin no more. But the other side of that is to go and walk in the way you should walk because there are consequences for your action. 
And we need, to, we, need, we need to not just see the negative side of that and say that when we, when we don't live the way we should, there are consequences of that, but understand also that when we do what we're supposed to do, when, when we fall in line with the things that these opportunities that God gives us to do what is right and to, and to step up, and when, when we take advantage of the opportunity to be the church, to pray the prayers, to believe in faith, to speak like that, that song we just sang a few moments ago, to speak the name of Jesus because His very name has power. And in situations that we deal with or that we face in our communities, and our families, again, in our nation, in all those places, that just speaking the name of Jesus and bringing the power of the name of Jesus into those situations. And, and so there are also good consequences to our good actions as well. So, so I, I'd, I'd say... Another thing here, this is the year that I'd say this is, this is a good year. This is the year that we need to stop seeing just the negative. Because, I mean, I think that's what, that's what our country, that's what our culture today has been hearing from the church for way too long. That there are negative consequences to your negative actions. But we also need to preach to them. We need to share with them the beauty and the amazing life that God can bring to every single one of us when we also do the right things, that there are awesome consequences to the awesome actions that we take as His church, as His followers, as Christians, that, that there are things. That, and, so, and maybe this, this year, that that's one of the things we need to do is say, this is the year that I focus on the amazing that God wants to do in my life and around me. So we have all these opportunities. That means we get, a, you know, it's a good thing, right? We get to make a choice. We get to make a choice. But you know, I heard this, this was back months and months ago. I heard one of the things that people were dealing with during like probably three months in or something like that in this COVID stuff was decision fatigue. I had it. I was sick of making decisions. I did not want somebody else to call me and ask me another question about what should we do about this. You know, I want to say, go pray about it. Tell me what God says, you know. But, and, 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 you know, it hadn't gone away. You know, it's like, okay, we got to make a decision whether we, whether we can have church on Sunday or not. We're going to make a decision on how far we push people and push things. we got to make a decision. And, and decision fatigue, and you know what? Here we go again. 2021 is going to start with pastors saying we got some decisions to make. Because if we want this, this year to be different, it ain't going to just happen because there's another number, a different number on the paycheck that you get this week. This is the year is not a statement. Uh, next slide, yeah, it's got the dot, 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 right? It's got the dot, dot, dot. It's not a statement. It's not, it's not, it's not a sentence all in its own. I mean, there's something supposed to come after that, right? You don't just say this is the year. I mean, yeah, this is the year. What? <laughs> this is the year for the, this is the year. You know, we lived in Chicago for a while. I heard this is the year for the Bears. <laughs> you know, <laughs> heard it all the time. This is the year. This is our year. You know, or, or, or this is the year that I do this. This is the year that, right. It's the year that's something. And you and I, we've got to choose what comes after that. In, in your personal life, you need to choose how that's, how that statement finishes out this year. You know, I've had this conversation this week, just, just a little short conversation, with, but about 
about New Year's resolutions. I'm not a big fan of New Year's resolutions, you know, because I just know people don't keep them very long, you know. And so I had really rather help you do it all year long than get you all excited about something for a, a couple of weeks, right? But if that's what you, if you know how to do that, then by all means do it. Whatever, it, because whatever it takes, let's make up our mind. You need to make up your mind. What does 2021 look like in my life? When, when this year ends, what do, I, what do I hope to see at the end of this year? I mean, is it a weight loss thing? Is it getting healthy or is it, is it changing vocations? I mean, you didn't wake up January 1st and all of a sudden that book that you were thinking about writing all these years that all of a sudden it's on the bestsellers list, right? Didn't happen. What is it? And you've got to fill in this blank that's right here. You've got to decide what it means in your life. You've got to decide what opportunities you're going to take advantage of this year to make them happen. So let me say this, just a little bit of a check right here. This is the next slide, I really hope. <laughs> uh, thank you, Tommy. Some dreams need to be allowed to die. And some dreams need to be resurrected. They need to be fed. They need to be kept alive and protected with everything that you've got within your soul and being. Some dreams, though, need to die. Now, now I know how some of you are. You guys can't make a decision. Some of you guys can't make a decision because you can't, you can't choose this open door because this one's going to close. That's life. When you go through one door, you're in a different room. <laughs> So these doors aren't accessible anymore. You know, maybe that door will open up in another room down here. Maybe it comes back, but it may not. you got to make that decision. That's what we do. And so we keep alive dreams that we should have let die a long time ago. Okay, so I, I, I want to say that to you first, okay? Because I don't want someone trying to resurrect a dream that God, God tried to kill last year that you need to let die. And you need to find the dreams that matter, and not that are going to matter in the next few months or weeks or even years, but are going to matter for eternity. You need to find those dreams. And those are the dreams that you need to nurture, that you need to feed, that you need to protect with everything you've got. But how do I know the difference? How do I know the difference? Let me give you a couple of things to think about to know the difference. The first one is, go back to our last sermon series, right before Christmas, what Jesus says. And I think, maybe we could, I think maybe we could make this part of our sermon title this morning, that this is the year that I focus more on what Jesus says than what they say. That I listen more and that I read more of what Jesus says in His Word than what they say on social media or my favorite news outlet, whatever it is. My favorite media outlets and posts that, that this... And if you miss any of those sermons, go back, and, go back and listen to those on podcast, okay, what Jesus says. Because if you want to know which dreams are supposed to die and which ones you're supposed to keep alive, that's the best place to start. But here's the second thing. It's not, not, not just to know what he says, but to know what he feels, to fall in love with Jesus. You know what happens when you fall in love with somebody? The things that they care about, you care about. The things that they want to do, you want to do. Even... Even things that you don't really want to do, you end up wanting to do just because they want to do them. I had the opportunity yesterday morning to tell my wife I wanted to make her happy. And she let me. 
I didn't have to twist her arm. I didn't have to, please let me make it. No, she let me make her happy. I don't really know why what I did really made her happy because I was going to do that anyway, but it was kind of cool, you know, that I got credit for it, right? Come on, guys, every once in a while, just, just go ahead and say it so you get credit for it, right? And I got credit for it because when you really love somebody, then what matters to them is going to matter to you. How do I know which dreams matter? When I go beyond just what Jesus says and I really fall in love with him, then I'll understand what really matters to him and it will start mattering to me. So I, I, would, say, I would say this sermon, I'm going to give you the title of what I, I think this is the title of this sermon today, okay? And we'll give it to you here at the end. Did all my setup, give it to you here, right here at the end, okay? That this is the year for less talk and more action. That's what I believe you and I both need to embrace this year. Less talk and more action. Now listen, we're Christians. We have a message, the good news, eternal salvation through the death of Jesus Christ. We got to keep talking, but we got to do more than just talk. I mean, there are some people that I can tell you exactly where they stand on a lot of issues because all the stuff on Facebook or whatever and that I just kind of have to just scroll right on by, right? I, I can tell you exactly how they feel about issues. But I want to say this as pastor, okay? And y'all get mad at me and if you think God told me to say it, you can go ahead and get mad at him too, okay? There are a lot of people that I know exactly where they stand on the issues, but I can't tell you one thing that they did in 2020 to make things different. You see, there's too many of us. I, I, I'm not talking about people outside of the room today or, or people that are watching us. There are too many of us that are talking about it and not doing anything about it. And talking about it is not going to rescue a marriage. Talking about it is not going to bring justice, healing, health, peace. Talking about, I, I had a post this past week and I started to save it for today, but I thought, no, we need it right now. Is it just, just, just saying we need peace is not going to do it. Somebody's got to start planting the seeds of peace. It's time for the church. Yes, keep talking, but it's time for the church to go beyond talking, roll up our sleeves, and do what it is that God has called us to do and called us to be through being the church. This has got to be a year of more action. And the only way I think we're going to be able to do more act acting is to do less talking. We've got to keep talking, but we've got to make sure there's some action behind our talking. You know, you have to decide in your life, in your marriage, in your home and and in your communities what it is that you want it to help change you've got to decide that and write that there at the end of that phrase from a slide back right you've got to decide that what what that looks like but then as a church we have to decide as well you know and um here we 2911 has taken some bold steps in the last i guess eight months i mean we're in a different place than we were at the beginning of 2020. And we don't have a different vision. We don't have a different vision statement. We don't have different anything, nothing of, of that changed, but the way we're looking at doing it now has really changed. 
And, I, and so I want to give you a little update, and really, and this will be really the closing of the message here, okay? And uh, they didn't set up my clock today, so I, I, don't, I don't know if it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon or what it is, so I'm sorry. Um, but let me give you this, because a little bit kind of an update, okay? It's where we are on some things. And, and because if you miss some, go back to the September sermon series. If you miss what we're doing around here, then you need to hear those messages, okay? They're on the podcast. So you need to hear those because, because uh, I want to make sure that we get everything done like we're supposed to get everything done. And one of the things that, we do, that we're doing, one of the things that we're deciding to do is this is our last area in this building that we're actually going to try to, to uh, dress up. And don't think chandeliers and sheetrock again, okay? Don't think that. That's, that. We're not trying to build the Taj Mahal in here to worship in, okay? That's not what we're thinking about. But the two areas out there, our coffee shop and our kids area, are the two areas that we're working on first to get those done. Now, we did go ahead and do a lot of work in there in, in that lobby there, make that a little prettier. We get the floor in there. That'll be better. Right. Okay, but those are the two areas. And and where we are, let me just update you just a little bit on where we are. Is, did you get? I mean, you guys can see even in the last four weeks since we've had our last service uh, a week and a half before Christmas, you, can, you guys can see a lot of work's been done. So thanks to all the people that have come and helped and cleaned and all that kind of stuff. But there's still some stuff to be done. We're, uh, we're, I think we're finished with the sheetrock. You know, we're finished with the framing. We're finished with the sheetrock. Now it's time. We got some painting left to do. We've got some trim to put up, and then we've got flooring also to do. And those, that's that's our next steps in finishing the kids and the coffee shop area. We got some equipment to buy and those kinds of things. Okay, so we these 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 are the things that are that are next, and. I want you to hear me in this, okay? If this is your church, now listen. The vision of our church is to not be a stopping place for Christians from other churches when they get tired or mad at something at their church, they got it somewhere else to go. That's not our vision. Our, our, our mission is not to just be another stopping place for people to come through until they find another church or whatever. Our vision is about reaching people that don't have a church right now or maybe ever have had a church. That's our vision. Okay, now, so listen. I can say this is my church and sit on a chair, but I cannot say this is my vision without rolling up my sleeve and opening my checkbook. I can't say that. I cannot say this is my vision until I've got some sweat and I've got some blood, and I've got some, I've got some aches and pains until I say, and then this is my vision. Now listen, we got some visitors with us this morning, first-timers. So glad you're here. Hope you'll come back. I ain't talking to you right now because <laughs> this isn't your church. This isn't your vision. But I'm talking to a lot of people that you say, this is your vision. You can say this is your church and sit and do nothing, but you can't say this is your vision without saying, i got to do something to make this vision happen. And I want to encourage every single one of you, if you've not, if you've not been to a, a work day or something, and I know some are scared to come out of a work day and be around people that aren't wearing masks, right, when they're working. We'll find you something to do. I just told you some of the stuff that needs to be There's some cleanup outside to do. You know why? Is it because we can't get it done without you? No. You know, here's the thing I learned a long time ago. God don't need my help. But thank God he wants it. You know, and I want to be able to throw my shoulders back and say, I did, you know. I can show you some pictures of some stuff. You know, I can say, yeah, I, I, I helped do that. With God's help, I want, I want you to be able to throw your shoulders back. So, so ask me if, about it if you want to do that. But, but 
we got to go and and and, and I want to be be real careful of this because I don't want you to think this was just a sermon about giving. But I want to talk to you about that for just a second. I want you to know where we are financially on 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 this build out project. Okay, all right. And uh, here's go ahead. Tom, Tommy said, "You tell me when to go." Okay, Tommy, go. You will. All right. In our kids area, we need about ten thousand more dollars to finish that kids area out there. And then in our coffee shop, we need about sixteen thousand more dollars to finish out that coffee shop. Okay. Uh, I didn't mean to scare somebody to death and they dropped their... <laughs> no, listen. Let me be honest with you. It'll happen whether you give a dime or not. But I don't want to be sitting back. I don't want to just be sitting and saying, I'm, I'm glad somebody did it. I want to say, I'm glad I was a part of doing it. I'll go this far. I'll say we can afford to do that out of our cash reserves. I, I don't want to drain our cash reserves that much. I'd say we can do that out of, our, out of the cash reserves we've got left of, of, of buying this building. and what we, we can do that. I don't want to do that. But that's not the purpose for this either. Here's the purpose. You need to be invested in vision somewhere. And I'm going to say this again. I'm going to say this again. I've said this many times in the 11 years that we've been a church. Getting close to 12 years now is if, if this vision doesn't excite you to the point that you want to do something, you need to go find that vision. Because let me tell you something. Being a part of something that you don't have heart for is, is a tough place to be. You need to, you need to say, wait a minute, that's the kind of vision I can believe in. Reaching somebody that does not know Jesus Somebody that maybe was in church a long time ago, but they got hurt and be able to bring them back into the, into the family of God. That's, a, that's the kind of vision I can really be a part of. To not just be a church that, like every other church, and, but to find a place that, that, that actually wants to invite new people to come and to know Christ. That's the kind of church. I mean, if that's, if that's who it is, then you need to, don't, don't just say this is my church. Say this is my vision. This, I, I believe in this vision. I'm bought into this vision and I'm invested in this vision. And, you know, and I, and I told you a few minutes ago, I, 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 don't, I don't really go into resolutions that much. I don't even like capital campaigns where I say, okay, everybody take out an ink pen. You're going to write down how much you're going to give in the next six months for this. I, I don't really like that because you know what I, I, I learned a long time ago? This is not me. I'm telling you people that do this, they say. They say that whatever your, whatever your uh, promised contributions are, you know, whatever people say they will give, you can count on getting about 50% of that. Well, you know what that tells me? If I ask you to commit to something today, I am asking half of y'all to just lie. You know, I don't want to do that. I don't want to set you up for failure. So I, I don't know. I, I, I think I may have done that once or twice in my whole ministry. I'm just not into that. I want you to not make a promise to this church and this, this pastor. I want you to make a promise to yourself and to God. So, I mean, you know, and and. I want you to pray with me. I want you to pray, God, fund. And you know, I told you this in a sermon several, several, several weeks ago. And some of you probably missed it. You weren't here or whatever. But is God, fund what you want us to do. And, you know, I want you to help me pray that. You know, and there may be somebody that says, I want to pay for that flooring in the kids' area, you know, so we don't have to keep trying to mop up sheetrock dust and stuff every week, right? That'd be awesome for somebody to, to write a check for $2,500. Or maybe somebody says, I, I want to do just the big room, $1,700 for that big room. 
you know, that I, I want to do that. That'd be awesome for it. Or maybe somebody says, I'll buy 100 square foot of it, you know, $250, or I'll buy 10 square feet of $25, or I'll do, I'll do 10 square feet of flooring every week, you know, for, until it's put down, you know, and that's $25 every week or whatever. You know, it'd be awesome for things, for people to make that kind of a commitment, but I'm not asking for that kind of commitment to me. I'm asking you to make some kind of commitment to yourself and to your God that this is my vision. And in 2021, we're, 2911 is on the verge of doing something. You know, on the verge, I kind of hate to say this in, in one way, but it, on the verge of doing something that nobody else is doing. And that's one of the things we've said about ourselves for a long time. We want to do what nobody else is doing so that we can reach people no one else is reaching. And that's where we are on the verge of that. So let's make 2021 that. Thanks for listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a need, we would love to pray with you. You can connect with our prayer team by emailing prayer at church2911.com or by texting 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting us online at church2911.com and by connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram at Church2911. We hope this message has encouraged you and reminded you that God loves you and has an amazing dream for your life. As always, we dare you to dream.